Po-po-po-po boys. What will happen next? Last time on Po Boys, day four of celebration. We find our Po Boys, also known as Swole Boys, also known as Celebration Boys, going to the Mandalorian panel and seeing VR. What is in store for our Po Boys? Don't you want to know? I'm sure you do. You download this episode. If not, what are you doing here? I'm your host, Swoleboy Pete, on the baritone, Josh. Now let's end this saga, day four, Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Hello, welcome to Poe Boys. I'm Josh. I'm Pete. Practiced that in the car today. And we nailed it. <sighs> we? Oh, I don't know if you noticed this, but I was narrating while you were while you were doing that. I know you're not going to try and bogart my aria. You said bogart your aria? Yeah, it's an opera solo called an aria. Can oh, I, I thought you were talking about aria, you know, from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Because is, she um, is an assassin. Look, that's which, not a family friendly show, so we're not going to talk about that here. Okay. Well, Sesame okay. Street's talking about it, so I feel like we that's are also completely like, fine talking about it. Like, did Sesame Street do parodies of The Wire and stuff? Like, how often are they doing? Or is it just because Sesame Street's on HBO now, right? Um, I could left PBS, and I think it's on HBO. I don't know. I mean, I think like a big part of the Sesame Street audience is also family um, parents, right? And they watch Game of Thrones. It's not like these kids are going to be like, oh, I love these characters. You know, they're just going to be like, right. oh, look at Elmo. The line in terms of not doing anything actively inappropriate, but doing a parody of something wildly inappropriate for a parent. Because if Game of Thrones is not like, you know, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. I've seen stuff about it. Speaking of... The Poe Boys experience, day four of Star Wars Celebration. Last week, listener, we ended on a cliffhanger. Um, yes. You didn't know if the Poe Boys made it or not. Well, to recap, our, our day four, we had a, a plan for our day four, uh, which was... Yeah, our, our plan was to go to the panel. You were going to go to the panel. The Mandalorian panel. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to just goof around for, you know, two, three hours yeah. And then we had one oh, last thing left. On. Yeah. And then we were going to head out because you had a flight. And so um, when last we left off, things were going uh, very well according to plan. I, Pete had gotten to go to the Vader Immortal thing, and I had gotten to go to the Mandalorian thing. Everything was going according to plan. And uh, if memory serves, that's that's how stuff Yeah, went. that's where we, we left we, off. We, um, uh, we need a mention real quick. Real Feel quick. Like this is a very special PM edition, like an after dark edition of Poe Boys. I think this is the latest record we've ever done by a pretty substantial margin. Not even close. What? Because we did, um, we had the big interview, which is oh, going right. to come that out. Was in, that was in like one morning. Okay. And right. that's coming done, out I'm, in I'm about, <laughs> who knows, like three weeks, yep. a month. Yeah. <laughs> Never. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Nonetheless, this is a, this is a Poe Boys after dark. Um, so it is still family friendly, though, because uh, in podcasting, you know, um, whether you're listening from Bangladesh or from Nairobi mm-hmm. or from Luxembourg, mm-hmm. any time of the day, Po boys are always going to be hashtag polite boys, which we got yeah. a shout out from another podcast um, just recently. Yes. Yes, we, we did. That was very kind of them. Um, I I stopped short of it's the it's the Beyond the Outer Rim podcast. They they gave us a shout out for being polite boys. 
I'm kind of tempted to challenge them to a polite off. That's um, August material when we oh, have yeah, <laughs> literally nothing to do. Like yeah. right now, I'm <laughs> currently going through the Last Jedi audiobook because there's oh, a so couple. You are also listening to the audiobook. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I I, um, I have a drive. I have a seven hour drive back tomorrow, and mm. it's an eleven hour audiobook. So I figured. Okay. Um, with last, we have to talk about Last Jedi a bunch. I mean, there's a bunch of people that are mutual friends of ours that want to actually talk to us on the pod about mm. the Last Jedi. So um, we've been denying them. We'll probably continue to deny them. But if I'm going to listen to this audiobook, we're definitely going to talk about it. I can't. I can't wait. I tried to listen to the audiobook um, probably about a year ago. Right before the movie, no, a little more than a year ago. Right before the movie came out on Blu-ray, I was listening to the audiobook, and I just I. I don't know. Audiobooks don't don't tend to grab me, I guess. Which is weird because I love podcasts. It's like all I do. But I think audiobooks are maybe a little too formal or something. And the Star, the Star Wars ones are very well produced, like heavily produced. I don't know if that throws me off or what. Well, the thing that adds... The reason I like audiobooks are just, you know, the books of the movie is that they add things on top of it. Because yeah. these writers get all of the scenes which are deleted scenes later on, but for the writers, they don't know that. So it just basically provides more and more information. So, for instance, in Force Awakens, um, one of the scenes that's added is Unkar Plutt, who is the... One quarter portion. One quarter portion, who basically is the boss of the area that Rey grows up in. Nima Outpost. Nima Outpost. When she steals the Falcon... It's not like he's letting that go. You know, he's Uncle Plot, one quarter portion. So he sends some goons and then he finds her on Taco Donna, grabs her by the arm. And then Chewie is like, and I can't do a good Chewie voice, but he rips her. <laughs> um, that was terrible. One Chewbacca noise. That's actually pretty good. Um, but Chewie um, tears off Uncle Plot's arm arms are oh is it both of them i think it's on a deleted scene in the 3d re-release of force awakens the one with the commentary track you can see my whole thing is a lot of times i find that that additive material doesn't actually add to it for me though i do know a lot of people love the revenge of the sith novelization specifically and say that that adds some interesting stuff but to each their own I mean, I'm an hour into the um, Last Jedi. When I finish it, we'll probably talk about it. Great. So we'll do um, our first. Well, we're actually going to do Book Boys um, oh. series uh, in in uh, the coming months when we need material um, because I'm going through a couple of those right now. And Josh, he. I guess doesn't like reading books. <laughs> I read all of the Star Wars comics for the first, like, since they started in, what, 2014? I probably read four years of every single Star Wars comic book Marvel put out. So I've got my own. They did just announce that um, there's going to be a Finn comic, right? It's going to be a one-shot. One-shot? It's a, it's a, yeah, standalone thing. Okay. It's part of a larger sort of anthology. Series. And they've done that with Lando. They did that with C-3PO. Who else did they do that with? Poe had a little bit more than a standalone. Well, Poe had a full 30-issue series. What they're doing currently is it's called I don't know, I don't know what the whole overarching thing is called, but it's a it's a long mini series in three segments, each by a different author, and it's Heroes and Villains, and they did Heroes and Villains of the uh, of the Republic, which was prequel era characters. I think it was six heroes, six villains that each got one issue of a comic book. And then they did uh, an issue on on the Empire or the Rebellion, and it had you know Grandma Tarkin, Jabba the Hutt, Luke, Leia, Han, and now they're gearing up to do the New Republic, which does heroes and villains of the sequel trilogy era. But then separately from that, usually anytime a Star Wars movie comes out, Marvel will release an ancillary one-shot comic book that ties into some sort of minor plot point. With Force Awakens, they did a one-shot on how C-3PO got his orange arm. In Rogue One, they did a one-shot of K-2SO and Cassian Andor and how they met. 
Though, I can't but wonder if that will get retconned in the Cassian series. Last Jedi did one on DJ, which was okay. And Solo did one on Beckett, which was him uh, pulling a heist with the crew right before the start of the movie. So those are separate kind of one-shots, and then these new one-shots are part of a larger thing. Book Boys, anyway, day four. Day four. I get out of the Mandalorian panel. Pete fills me in on Vader. We go to get in line. Before that, before that, you also have to book it because Johnny F. not only didn't give you your poster, but he made you run to get your poster so that you could make it to the Christopher Sean photo shoots. Yeah, yeah. Because the, uh, the panel got out, I think at noon, I think it was 11 and noon, but it went a little bit over, and then the, <laughs> the posters that we got a little voucher to go get were in the hotel next door, and there is a bridge, an interior bridge, connecting the arena to the hotel where the posters are, but they're just like, no, you're not allowed to use this. So I had to go downstairs in the arena, go out in the snow, wait in a long line to get through a revolving door, and then go up four escalators, and then go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth through a corral, an empty corral that was like an, a whole ballroom worth of slaloming back and forth, back and forth to get the poster. Then I met up with Pete. So while Josh was doing that, that's when day four actually started going off the rails for the two of us. Oh, specifically, you're right. It did go yeah, off the rails. Speci- specifically, it started with me while I was mm. waiting for you. Mm. My flight got canceled, and my flight was at four thirty. <laughs> yeah, it was at four thirty, um, and I was kind of surprised that it d- it did get canceled because I mean it was snowing pretty hard, but Chicago, I thought they were able to you know handle it a little bit better. Better, we would end up finding out that yeah. day that a thousand flights were canceled that day, which is just insane. Yeah, well, what ended up happening was O'Hare, the airport, well, though you weren't flying out of O'Hare, I don't know, but O'Hare was the airport, that was, well, spoilers, something ended up happening with my flight also. Uh, they grounded all flights heading into Chicago until after 3 p.m. So any planes that were coming to Chicago, or at least coming to O'Hare, were not allowed to take off. So, so my flight was yeah. immediately canceled, um, but I had Southwest, and I don't know why I keep plugging Southwest. Maybe it's because I have their credit card. That'd but probably that, explain it. <laughs> that week, though, both of my flights, my flight to right. Chicago and my flight to back to Baltimore, both right. were canceled. But I um, was able to get an earlier flight to Chicago, which was good. Um, it allowed me to get my footings and stuff. I ended up liking that more. And then I had, I was on the wait list. I was number one on the wait list for the last flight out of Chicago to Baltimore. So I'm a person, I mean, I fly maybe like four to five times a year. So, um, I'm kind of used to this kind of, these kind of things, but that kind of already made the day a little bit tenser because we had this Christopher Sean picture and then basically that was it. Um, we had done everything that we were going to do, mm-hmm. and we were just heading back um, to you know go our respective ways. So um, we go to the Christopher Sean picture, and you at that point did not know anything. No, you didn't know anything about your flight. You were just no, kind of my flight was still scheduled to go according to plan. So uh, yeah, and so yeah. we had um, we had a twelve forty photo op, and then I think my flight was supposed to leave at like six thirty. But, I mean, it was a Sunday. Flights were getting canceled. I knew it was going to be a madhouse at the airport. We had to, I had to get a ride back to where we were staying and then get a ride to the airport. So I was pretty much going to dip out after Christopher Sean, um, which would have been a, a fine finale to Celebration because, once again, for this photo op, boy, oh, boy, Mr. Sean did not disappoint. Um, for those of you who... Haven't done one of these kind of things before. I kind of alluded to as much when I talked about my Billy D. Williams photo op. And you've talked about your Billy D. Williams photo op multiple times. I just yeah, edited a third. Once. I just edited. Um, we're gonna we we have this episode in the hopper where we play Sabak, and you spent. Oh, well, that was a different episode. <laughs> well, that, I'm I, I can I can think of three episodes. 
<laughs> where you, you announce your displeasure what, with Billy D. Williams. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, these photo ops, what usually happens is they're very, very quick. You spend less than 30 seconds with them. You only get one picture. Like you pay for a picture, the person taking a picture, they will take one picture and then they move you along. Christopher Sean, every person before us, he will be like, talk, he's hugging everybody. He's talking to him. The photographer's like, okay, are we, yeah, are we ready? Yeah, she's like, moving along. Are we ready? Moving along. Just keeps talking, keeps talking. It was great, man. That, oh, I love that dude. He was, he's, he's, I mean, he's very, very entertaining. And yeah. he like generally, like he generally cares. He acts like he won the lottery with this gig. Yeah, and I mean, he, he seems to just be having so much fun. Like I genuinely felt like when we were interacting with him that he was enjoying interacting with us like just beyond the like oh fans and i'm looking to have fans like it felt like just like person to person he was having a good time and we were having a good time together and so yeah we finally get up pete and i are both wearing our po'boy shirts yeah um and, and at that I'm point like yeah go ahead we, we gave him a po'boy shirt i mean he wasn't <laughs> wearing it yeah he wasn't wearing we it we gave him a po'boy shirt so i kind of pointed out it's you know Kind of weird you're not wearing a shirt. I mean, it's fine. Can't help but notice you're not wearing the shirt. Yeah, so we we get a picture with him. Um, Mm. We had talked about what we were going to do. We ended up doing um, flexing. Oh, yeah. But At which point... Yeah. We do do a shot. We're flexing. At which point, he's like, we got to take another. (laughs) Which... The only reason I preface this with explaining kind of how these photo ops goes is that's not really a thing. And he's like, no, we got we got to take another. Can we take another? And so we, we had to take another picture of him. So, you know, first picture, I, I give him the biceps. Second picture, I'm giving him the triceps. Christopher Sean, give him Pete a little bunny ears. Like a chump. Oh, the, that, that was the second picture was clowned. the bunny ears? Mm-hmm. Oh, because we didn't we didn't get that one. We um, right that was one we we're supposed to get. But like I said, you pay for one photo, you're getting one photo. They did not give us. That yeah, they extra didn't photo. give us. So, so that's somewhere the, that's a lost great photo. picture of my killer triceps and Pete getting clowned. Um, and he was great. I mean, he chatted up with us a little bit. We were probably there for like a minute. We had a really good time, and then we had it kind of got ushered out. And Christopher Sean stopped me. He said, "Hey, hey, man, hold up, hold up." Gave me a handshake. Listeners, if you'll remember, he wrote. Uh, that Pete was swole on his shirt. He just wrote number one po'boy. He wrote number one po'boy, po'boy on my in action yours. figure. And then, then he wrote mine, number one he, real po'boy. Number one real po'boy, swole. yeah. So, but then as I'm leaving, he gives me a handshake. And he leans in and goes, you're the only one I gave a handshake to. Well, then I'm, I'm also, I walk away too because I'm like, okay, cool. We're done. And then <laughs> he's like, oh, see ya. And I'm like, oh no, did I miss something? <laughs> like, I didn't see the handshake. I didn't see the bunny ears. I'm getting clowned yep. left and right. Yep. Um, so I'm really glad that picture is not picture, out there. Unfortunately. I mean, the picture we got is great. We posted it on Twitter. I adore it. I, I was, it was probably... It was, it's, it's one of, if not the best photo op experience I've ever had, for sure. He was a really great guy. I mean, he talked to us more in a photo op than a lot of people will talk to you during an autograph. So that was great. And like I said, if that had been the end of it, what a finale it would have been. What a finale it would have been. Um, but but that's flight not, got canceled. So my flight got canceled. And, and there was other stuff going on. Yeah, because to do. Sunday was Mandalorian Day. Mm-hmm. And it was Clone Wars, and Clone mm-hmm. Wars was something that you were really bummed out about not about not seeing too when we talked about yeah. this, because yeah. we you know the thing that we wanted to see the most was Star Wars Resistance, mm-hmm. because we've been covering episode by episode. Yeah, well, and look, then I I should say for the pod, obviously Resistance takes a precedent, and I do love Resistance. I love talking about Resistance. I have to say. The thing with the Clone Wars and specifically Clone Wars panels is so much of how deep my Star Wars fandom runs is is tied into Clone Wars. And my excitement for Clone Wars really got ignited. Um, back in the day, there was this like geek TV channel called G4. It's not around anymore. But I was bored one day and just tuned into G4 during San Diego Comic-Con. And they happened to be airing the panel 
for the second season of the Clone Wars, which I hadn't, I don't know, at that point, I had not watched any Clone Wars, I don't think. I hadn't even watched the movie. But what, they had that What about the, um, the Samurai Jack on Cartoon Network? Had you seen well, any of that? that? I had seen, but mm-hmm. that... I liked that, and I liked Grievous in it, but it was never it never gripped me more. It didn't propel me into another echelon of fandom. I've been a Star Wars fan since I was a kid, but Clone Wars really got me into, like, I'm going to do a podcast and go to Star Wars Celebration. So that panel, and Dave Filoni on that panel talking about how deep they go and showing clips of the upcoming season, and they showed Pre Vizsla and all that stuff, like, really gripped me, and I was really gripped by their, their passion and the excitement of the crowd. And so I've watched, I mean... Every summer during college and stuff, one of the things I would look forward to is I would know that at one convention or another, they're going to have this trailer for the next season of Clone Wars, and Dave Filoni's going to talk, and I'm going to get to watch it or read a transcript of it somewhere. So the Clone Wars panels are a, a big deal to me sentimentally and a huge part of um, like my first steps into a larger world in a very real sense. Like They opened me up to Star Wars fandom and to panels and to conventions and all that stuff. So, I yeah, if I would have picked one thing to go to, it would have been Clone Wars. But, of course, I had a plane to catch. Well, we both had planes to catch. So I well, yours got canceled, immediately, though. when my got canceled and pushed, my flight was at like, let's say it was at 9 Four. o'clock. I was thinking, okay, well... That means I'm here <laughs> for yeah. the Clone Wars panel. So I... Yes, because the Clone Wars panel was 2.30 to 3.30. No, 3.30 right? to 4.30. Right, right. Yep. Because the one thirty to 2.30 was the talking mm. with talking with Alan Tunick. Right. Yeah. And so... And so like 3.30 to 4.30 and I've got a 6.30 flight is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I make a beeline for the Alan Tunic because I'm like, all right, it's the show beforehand. I'm going to go to the Clone Wars one because, you know, what the hell? Um, there's nothing yeah, we better to sure do. What kind of line or weight or what would be going on. So yeah. you went to scope that out. And turns out there was no line whatsoever. Yeah. People were actually begging us to go or begging me to go into it. Like, hey, Alan Tunic this way. Oh, yep, he's from the TV show Firefly. Alan blowing up our phones. Yeah, he was like, you're going to do it? Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? And we were kind of toying him with, with him a little bit, like, new phone, who dis? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big arena. He's not going to be able to over there or not. We could have lied. Yeah, and we were also um, incognito boys. Um, we mm-hmm. were not in the VIP section. We were not behind the scenes no. whatsoever. We we're just mm-hmm. two regular guys that were fans that were at this. Oh boy shirts. <laughs> yeah. So I go there and, um, we get, well, I get a better seat than I had for episode nine and closer than you had for the Mandalorian. Uh-huh. And I'm there, you know, I'm there at the start and it's basically just going throughout tunics life and his like connection, um, he I guess had a documentary about conventions. Is something he's well known for. He had a he had a web series called Con Man. Okay, and he was being interviewed by Warwick Davis. There's this very. I was surprised at how good he was. They do this um, this one mini game where both of them had like this claw, which are basically like the hands K two S O had. And they had to stack um, solo cups, you know, from like um, drinking games and stuff. And they only had the claw. And Alan Tunick was like insanely good at it. And Warwick Davis was so bad at it, cheated (laughs) multiple times. But while I'm watching this, Mm -hmm. um, Josh, I tell Josh like, hey, can you, you know, um, I'll, you know, figure out, don't get in a Lyft ride or an Uber ride back. Um, I'll go with you if your flight situation hasn't been figured out, but you know, I'm going to go to this just in case. So I, um, you know, just, yeah, so he's texting me like, Hey, I got great seats. There's nobody here. Or not nobody, but like you can get here. Like there's not a line. You can come here. And I mean, again, like I said, wax and poetic earlier, like these panels are a big deal to me. And I'm like, it's the same. I mean, you can hear me on the lottery results episode. I think that's a great premonition of the type of traveler I am. And as soon as his flight got canceled and I'm looking outside and it's snowing and I'm like, this flight of mine, 
I ain't got a good feeling about this flight of mine. And I'm on the app. I'm flying United. Pete goes to the panel. I go on the app to double check my flight. It still says on schedule. I'm supposed to leave at 6.30 or so. So, I mean, I'm pretty much convinced. All right, I, I mean, I can't, I can't do this. So I go, there's a feature on the app where it says, where's my plane coming from? And it, it shows you where your plane is currently. And so my plane was coming from Phoenix, Arizona to Chicago, and then it was going to take me to Chicago back to my place. I check where the plane's at. It's in Phoenix, but it's going to be three hours late because it says all flights to O'Hare are grounded until after 3 p.m. So the flight, I'm supposed to leave at 6.30. It's now saying the plane itself's not going to get to Chicago until 8, but the app still says my flight is on time, and I haven't gotten anything saying it's delayed. And you're messaging, you're not only I'm on the phone, insane. you're I'm on Twitter insane. as well, DMing them. Yes, I was. I had the app up, I was messaging them about Facebook, I was on hold for an hour, never got through, by the way, and I tweeted them from the Poe Boys account. I deleted those tweets, because they were embarrassing, and they DM'd me. They will not admit that this flight is delayed. They refuse to tell me the flight is late. I'm like, the plane is not gone from Arizona yet. And they're like, correct. And I'm like, so my flight's delayed. And they're like, uh, what? I don't know. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going crazy because if I leave this convention to just go sit in an airport for five hours because my flight is going to be delayed and I miss this Clone Wars panel, nothing happens, I'm going to be kicking myself. But if my flight's not delayed and I miss it and I got to stick around Chicago again, I have, you know, keeping it real for a minute, my girlfriend's about to be gone. She, as of today, she's, she's gone out of the country for a month for something for work. So I only had a week to kind of see her before she left. So I'm like, you know, if I can get home, I want to get home. Uh, I was going crazy. I was going crazy. Oh, yeah. Because eventually- while you were doing that, you were in the Alan Tunic panel, <laughs> so <laughs> you were sitting next to me, um, where crying. you would cry, crying, <laughs> um, sitting with like headphones on. Your battery is mm-hmm. like about to die, and then the Alan Tunic and my interview jack is going. And my charger are the same input, so I can only have mm-hmm. one in at a time. <laughs> oh and like at one point, you insane. missed the poster tickets too. Like they were giving the yes, vouchers I for did. things, and yeah, I just you grabbed you an extra one. Yeah, that was very kind of you. I really appreciate that. You're really looking out for me there. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm a I'm a pretty tightly wound guy when it comes to logistics, I guess. And I don't like not knowing the plan. And this was just if I had more confidence, I would have just seen. Well, the app says the plane's not leaving yet, so it's delayed, and they just haven't told me yet. And eventually, that is what I ended up deciding, because they never did tell me. Uh, I think about a minute before the Clone Wars panel started, spoilers, they texted me that it was going to be 45 minutes late. And it ended up being three hours late. But, um, yeah, I ended up eventually just being like, forget it. If it's delayed, it's delayed. If it's not, it's not. I'll figure it out. I'm here for the Clone Wars panel, baby. Clone Wars panel. So this was... It kind of sucked at first because I was like, this is like a dream come true and I'm in the worst headspace. (laughs) But I will say, probably a minute into that panel, it was all gone. It was all gone. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was... I And I was shocked. I didn't really think that would happen. I mean, I was sitting there thinking, well, this sucks because I know my personality. I know I'm going to be stewing and worrying about this the whole time. But they brought, you know, Clone Wars panel, Warwick David comes out. They bring out Dave Filoni. Love Dave Filoni. They bring out Sam Witwer. Bring out Ashley Eckstein. They bring out D. Bradley Baker. Was it just those three? And Dave? It was. It was those three so. for probably forty-five minutes of the panel. Of the panel yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. And basically, they just went through, and they did this little like Warwick Davis would go and talk to each actor, and then Dave Filoni would have some interaction with them. Yeah, so Boy, Dave really knows. He, he, I think he's acutely aware of his place in Star Wars fandom. Yeah, I mean it's the try to hide as much information as possible. That's where why he wears that cowboy hat? Where um, to be mysterious? <laughs> which is funny with that cowboy hat because I know his roots. Like 
you where yeah, Pennsylvania. Where, <laughs> yeah, where he's from, the only people that have cowboy hats are Amish. And <laughs> other than <laughs> that episode with um Ala Sakura where Anakin's like in a coma. Oh, the lemurs. The lemurs, yeah. From season one. Guest starring George Takei. Are the aren't we talking about the same episode? Yeah, it's a it's an art it's a two or three episode arc, and the villain is like a, a very chubby Newt Gunray type. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's voiced by George Takei. Okay, yeah. So season one episode. I would imagine where we all learned Ala Sakura is French. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's where that's probably the closest to his cowboy roots, which are really yeah. Amish roots. If we're going to be um, honest about <laughs> that. So some interesting yeah. things that come for that. And by the way, um, listener, all of the stuff that was on this panel is live. So you can rewatch it at yeah. any point, mm-hmm. which is they cool. Never cut the feed. We did not get a spoiler. We did not get an episode. No, we didn't get an episode. Yeah. Which I'm, I mean, I'm kind of okay with. Clone Wars is very arc oriented. So I assume they did verify it's 12 episodes. And Filoni seemed to kind of double down on. This is no, it. No, no, no. This is not like a reboot. We're not gearing it up again. He just it's wanted to finish episodes. it. episodes. We're wrapping this bad boy up. Yeah, he wanted to finish um, it. And he was basically talking about how laborious it is. Like, yeah, which was very interesting. Talk about how, how much harder it was than Rebels or how much more technical or difficult it was than Rebels because of the scale of it. Yeah. For instance, in Rebels, the most troops you'll have are like 20 or 30. Whereas mm-hmm. in Clone Wars, you're animating 100 or 200. Yeah. And they talked about that at various points on Rebels of mm-hmm. just there are financial issues. So they wouldn't show like a cape, for instance, because it costs so much to animate like a cape for a certain character. Mm-hmm. Whereas Clone Wars originally was George Lucas's only project. And it was his pet yeah, project. I mean, when Clone Wars started, I, it didn't even have a home. I believe, like, when they sold it to Cartoon Network, I think they were already a few dozen episodes had been produced. Really? That's insane. You know, this is just George Lucas, you know, bankrolling it, pushing it, you know? It's kind of, it's interesting because, you know, everything that Lucasfilm has done is advancing the genre or advancing technology. Mm -hmm. And I really, I mean, I don't watch cartoons, but I've been, I haven't really seen the Clone Wars model get applied to any other type of animation yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to comment on it too much because I, I'm also not heavily steeped in animation. Other than I'm aware of animated movies that are out, but I don't, I don't watch any animated shows. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing that looks quite like it or Rebels on TV that I can think of. Because if you watch a Marvel movie. All right, what, like, Endgame, um, by the time this episode comes out, we'll have... Oh, can't wait. Well, actually, it would have have shown um, two weeks. So everybody listening to this will have seen um, Endgame, most likely, or it's been spoiled for you. I've seen it probably three times. I'm tempted. I got Friday off, I think. Uh Uh-huh. We're recording this before Endgame comes out. Endgame comes out Thursday night. I'm going to see it Thursday night. I'm going to see it Sunday morning. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have Friday off. I'm tempted to just Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, baby. Full 12 hours. Let me see that three-hour movie four times. Really wow. internalize it. Wow. I want, my, okay. I want my letterboxed profile to just be four pictures of Endgame. Uh, before, like a day one, day two, day three, day four. Yep. <laughs> I'm seeing it Thursday at mm-hmm. 6 o'clock, and then I'm seeing it Saturday at like a fancy theater. So mm-hmm. I'm basically like monitoring my bodily <laughs> functions on Thursday yeah. so I don't have to leave because it's a three hour movie. Yeah. Which is insane. And then I mean, on I'm Saturday, excited, but I'm just gonna, you know, four five course meal while I watch that movie. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so yeah, we, we kind of, he talked, they talked a little bit about the differences between Clone Wars and Rebels. Dave mentioned sitting down with the crew and being like, look, you don't understand producing the show is not like producing Rebels because, you know, the whole original Clone Wars crew is not there anymore. There are certain department heads and stuff I think that are still around, but the whole crew is not there. They've all gone on to different things. So they talked about that. They talked about kind of where they were when they found out the show was coming back. And pretty much in every instance, it was Dave Filoni being a tricky little secretive gnome laying a few little breadcrumbs slip. Refusing <laughs> to let people know, even when it's been released. Context clues. <laughs> yeah. 
and each of the people say how they were um, told about it. So there's this really nice mm. interaction between Ashley Eckstein and Deed Bradley Baker, where they find out Ahsoka and Captain Rex. Yep, where she finds out via text, yeah. and doesn't believe him. And then yeah, thinks it's a test. <laughs> they talk about Dave Filoni's trust tree. Yeah, that was great. Oh, yeah, you should really I mean, if you're at all a fan of Clone Wars or that animation, you should definitely watch the live stream of that panel on YouTube. It was it was good stuff. Um, yeah, they talk about that. And then they started they rolled three clips. We saw three for each clips. for each character. You see one clip for the clones, one for Ahsoka. Well, no, we saw two for Ahsoka. We saw two for yeah, we saw two for Ahsoka. And then we, we see, see clips roll Sam. We saw Maul's new costume, though. Which is oh, closer yes, to Solo, good. which looks really, really good. Yeah, though, I mean, they, yeah, I guess it's closer. To, it's closer to Solo than what he's in towards the end of Clone Wars. But it wasn't like a clearly like it doesn't look like the Solo costume. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, so we see we saw a clip from a, a clone centric arc. They're talking about the Bad Batch arc, which um, some you know intense fans of Clone Wars might be aware of. I think they released it. At a con, they had um, less than complete animatics for it, like previs stuff, but fully recorded dialogue, which if you have the Lost Missions Blu-ray, which is those episodes they released just on Netflix, there is also an arc on there, a three-episode arc where Anakin and Obi-Wan go to Utapau to find a giant kyber crystal. Uh, that's That was released in a similar manner, where it's not fully rendered animation, but it's, I mean, it's more than storyboards. It's animation, but it's, you know, it's not all there, but the dialogue is all there. And I believe the Bad Batch arc had been released in that capacity or screened in that capacity at a con, but that information was out there. And it's a group of clones with genetic deformalities. It's basically clone X-Men. It's clones with kind of deformities or they're a little off or different, but rather than just being like, ah, get out of here, they enhance those differences and turn them into sort of an elite squad. It's like cyborg but not really cyborg. Yeah. It's like they just kind of it's it's, I mean, it's the X-Men X-Men are like Suicide Squad. It's not the Suicide Squad. Those are bad guys. Yeah, I guess I, I guess you could say it's X-Men without like each of I mean, I guess they all have. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll go with X-Men. Yeah, but it, and we saw we saw probably a minute or two minute clip from from an episode with the Bad Batch fully rendered full audio. And I mean, it. It was a trip. I, I, I mean, everyone echoed this sentiment on the panel, but I didn't think I'd be seeing new Clone Wars again. And so just seeing the battle droids animated and seeing Rex in action again, uh, I, to say the least, I had forgotten about my flight woes. It was, it was very, yeah, it was cool. It was very exciting. There's something about, to me, the battle droid, the animated battle droid, I guess, is what brings the Clone Wars out of me because without... Uh, going too deep, there is an episode of Rebels that involves a battle droid. Uh, and just seeing animated battle droid just it puts me there. It puts me in the Clone Wars. It puts me in that show I love. Um, yeah, that was fantastic. And then the second clip we saw, specifically, say it with me, listeners, level 1313. Of canceled video game. Yep, so... She's going to the underworld. She's going to 1313 and she's in the speeder and it basically, I don't know. Um, I guess the pension or severance well, the severance package for the Jedi yeah. is, um, non-existent. So the Jedi give you a jumpsuit apparently. Yeah. They give you a jumpsuit, a denim jumpsuit and that's it. Yeah. So they give you a denim jumpsuit and it's just this, scene of this of animation of her almost you know dying um which is pretty yeah, her, cool her I'm, little motorcycle screws up and i feel like gotta... i feel like we've seen like so many scenes of going down to 1313 uh, through the movies through that well, failed video game specifically has a sequence where she goes down that she makes that descent in pretty dramatic fashion. So I think I, I can't help but wonder if there's kind of a knowing nod to kind of comparing and contrasting the last time we see her make that descent. Really? I think it's also a reference to that video game that failed. Oh no, it definitely yeah. is. It definitely is. Um, and I guess I also just, I think that that's something that maybe stokes people's imagination a little bit. And it's one of those things that's kind of a hotbed of, 
exploration and untold stories. I mean, even we just see it in the opening or near opening of Attack of the Clones when Anakin and Obi-Wan chase Sam Wessel down. I mean, they don't go specifically to 1313, but, you know, you the idea of this seedy noir underbelly beneath the grand spires and domes of the Senate in the Jedi Temple that we're so often seeing in these gorgeous exterior shots of the prequels, I think, I think um, captures people's imagination. Definitely. So those are the... Then we see our last scene is something we see where they're like, it's not animated, but no, it's not mm-hmm. rendered all that well, but we thought the fans would love it, which is Anakin and Ahsoka um, having a conversation. United and it feels so good. Um, I, I mean, it was the interaction between her and Rex was a lot better. And it also made true, the T-shirts make a whole lot more sense too that they were selling at the celebration store. Yeah, so you didn't you didn't know about any of that? No, I had no idea. Because okay, so at Celebration Orlando, they had a panel called maybe Clone Wars Untold Stories or Soga Untold Stories, but it was Pablo Hidalgo, Dave Filoni, and Ashley Eckstein, and it was basically an hour long panel of Dave Filoni making Ashley Eckstein cry by very eloquently describing all these episodes of Clone Wars that they were going to do, but now they can't. <laughs> and he kind of beat by beat walks through several story arcs. Ahsoka it's kind of like a parent saying they just recently lost their job. Like, here's the vacation we did plan. Here's the <laughs> Christmas we had planned. Here's exactly. the, what we were going to give to you, but mm. we don't have any money anymore because we lost our job and you're just going to have to deal with it. Oh, you want to yeah. cry? That's, yeah, cry. It's really funny that you didn't. I, I wish I had known that. Maybe, well, I wouldn't have wanted to tell you, but that I, I wasn't aware that you weren't, you didn't know the circumstances of that helmet because that shirt and that poster was the image that was released all the way back in the day when we first started this podcast. Really? When okay. Clone Wars was saved at San Diego Comic Con. The image was hashtag Clone Wars Saved, and it was that orange painted helmet. And I had seen that or read some of that Untold Stories panel, and I knew exactly. I was like, oh, that's it's happening. I know that arc. I know that helmet, and I know what that means. Yeah, didn't I didn't connect that at all until okay. um, we saw that scene, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was funny. I mean, Pete, you pointed this out to me in an earlier conversation we had. They were like, oh, it's like kind of not fully rendered. And it was a larger scene. I mean, it was a minute and a half or so. But we do see the visuals of that scene. And it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. They yeah. got really spoilers. They ended up showing a trailer at the end of the panel. The full visuals. But, I mean, it was it was a little longer. And there was like a, a, bef- a little before that, a little after that. But essentially, it's Anakin. If you're not trying to get spoilers for this, then you, I mean, we're talking about the Clone Wars panel. What do you want? Uh, Anakin walking Ahsoka down this hallway. They're kind of catching up. And then a door opens. It's Rex. And I mean, I guess the 501st, right? And they've painted their armor orange, like uh, like Ahsoka's markings on her face and stuff. And she's and obviously very touched. She's they, no longer a Jedi. She's no longer a commander. But they keep calling her commander. Her. And she's like, what? don't call me commander. And then he's like, yes, commander. Yeah. Um, so it's just, this, it's very, it's very touching. I, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple of points where I was pretty emotional that specifically just, you know, knowing their connection in rebels spoilers and yeah. their yeah. connection throughout the entire clone war series. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, that was now I was, Going I was back to the movie that we did a commentary track on. Was, I was glad that they showed that. And it's one of the relationships that I really, really like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I mean, it's two characters that are defined by animation. I mean, they only exist in Star Wars animation, which was, you know, not something at the forefront of Star Wars for decades and decades and decades. And I mean, if there's, if there's ever a testament to how profound Star Wars animation can be, it's the audience reaction to a half rendered clip of Ahsoka and Rex seeing each other again. Um, so that was that was great, and then they uh, so, they touch on they touch on Maul after that, but they don't get a clip. We don't get a clip of Maul, but they talk about Maul, and we got some very interesting stuff. I would say two interesting things. the The first one was um, Sam Witwer 
was talking about Maul, and we find out we find out that we're getting what is an event that is going to happen in this arc is the Siege of Mandalore, which I've talked. I got a buddy at work who's also a fan of Star Wars animation, and we, however many times I have sat with him, been like, "Gosh, what I wouldn't give to get the Siege of Mandalore," and I just. See, I, I don't, and we would talk about, because it, it was like, we're going to find out this story. We're going to get this story one day. And I just hope that the people who generated it get to tell it. Like, I, it, it was it was dreaming. It was my wildest dreams to get the Siege of Mandalore in Clone Wars animation rather than told in a comic book or in a book. Nothing against comic books or books, but this is a story where all the seeds were planted within this one strain of Star Wars, and I was I was just like, gosh, wouldn't it be great if it could be finished? We're getting the Siege of Mandalore, and that's the Orange Helmets, and that's Maul. Um, so that was very cool. And then Sam Witwer, obviously, you know, they're all being super secretive because Dave's there, and he's got brass knuckles, and he's got these brass knuckles with a taser between his middle finger and ring finger, so they're not going to say anything. Dave also, also has a mic um, to his ear that you didn't see, and every mm-hmm. time he would tilt his hat he would also execute orders to like you know take out uh sam whitmore's arm when he gets back yeah he called it order 67 yeah the 67 ways they're going to torture sam whitmore <laughs> <laughs> so whitmore points out that uh at one point i guess in conversation with him Frey Prince jr who voices canaan and rebels had described Maul as Sisyphus constantly pushing a rock up a hill and being doomed to never succeed. The rock falls back down. He has to do it again. And People again did and not again. understand that reference <laughs> whatsoever. I did, I'm fancy. Siege of Mandalore arc that it's the one time perhaps that Maul genuinely tries to break that cycle, which was interesting. But the other huge reveal about this is, I mean, again, if you're not trying to find out about this, probably just stop listening because we're talking about stuff from this, but it's in the panel, it's in the trailer, you know. Uh, Ahsoka and Maul have a big fight in the Siege of Mandalore, and Dave Filoni mentioned that he really wanted this fight to to be a blowout, to be next level, like it was not going to be short and sweet, it was going to be pretty epic to hear him talk about it. And so, they brought in Ray Park, Darth Maul from Phantom Menace and Solo, and they did mocap. I guess they mocapped Maul's end of the fight. Yeah, they mo. Which, as far I, as I know, is not something they've done in Clone Wars before. They've never talked about mocap. No, before. no, no, they've never done that before. And you can see it too at the end of the, so they released a trailer mm-hmm. at the end, and then they showed last two seconds. <laughs> it's two seconds, but even in those two seconds, you can tell that the characters are so weighted. So you can mm. tell that there's that it is mocap. It, it goes back to the KOTOR Knights of the Old Republic videos because that's all mocap, mm. I believe. Mm. And it I don't know, I can't speak to that. And it, it feels heavy. Like, you know, um a day earlier we watched the like Fallen Order no, yeah, Fallen Order stuff and that's all mocap. Yeah. It felt heavier than it was. And not that Clone Wars or Rebels feels super super light, but it doesn't feel um, as if, you know, a real person's going through these actions a lot of times, um, which is the coolest thing. If you, if we had not been there, I would not have even noticed whatsoever the difference between the two of them. But having that interaction with Sam Whitworth explaining and watching Ray Park just enhanced that trail and made it just so much more memorable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So they, yeah, they talk, they talk, they talk to Dee Bradley Baker. They talk about Rex. They show the Bad Batch. Because that's all clones. Dee Bradley Baker does all that. He's like the whole cast of that episode. They talk to Ashley Eckstein. They show, you know, the the two Ahsoka scenes. They talk to Sam Witwer. Eh, they don't show anything. Because <laughs> I guess they're kind of keeping that a little close to the chest. And then, yeah, at the, at the end there, they bring out... I think before they play the trailer, they brought out the rest of the cast. Yeah. The it was the last thing that happened. So they at that point, they bring out all the rest of the cast of Clone Wars that had been at Celebration at and Celebration, that was still at, was there for Catherine, that day. Catherine Tabor, who voiced Padme. They brought out Tom Kane, who did the voice of Yoda and Admiral Lauren. James Arnold Taylor, who's the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Matt Lantner, who's the voice of Anakin. And they all come out and they, they kind of chat a little bit. And that was nice. You know, they had, they had them all on stage. Um, I, I don't remember any particular highlights off the top of my head you gotta understand it's a lot of star wars we were inundated over the course of four days yeah i mean other uh, than james arnold taylor trying to steal the show 
and oh, brother. <laughs> um, Catherine Tambor basically said all these people are their characters Favorite. and then called um, Dee Bradley Baker a multiple schizophrenic. <laughs> and I don't remember any of this. Well, she was like, she, yeah, she was like, you know, Tom Kane is his character. Matt Latner is oh, Anakin. Matt Wood. Matt Wood was there. Yeah. Too. And um, the, then is like, the D. Bradley Baker is all of those clones. Yeah. But mostly Gregor. And then there was some reference, I forget who it was, but Dave let people know that there's one of the voice actors that did not know that D. Bradley Baker was all the clones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is just like the most impressive thing. Like that guy should get an Emmy just for voice acting by himself because having to do all of those and provide some, like you don't really realize that it's the same person doing all of it because the characters are so diverse, have so much different range in their voice. Yeah. Yeah. It really is impressive. And I mean, there's a whole, to me, if I were to make an essential Clone Wars viewing kind of guide for people, I would divide the show up into threads because there are threads. It's an anthology series that skips around, but there are threads that go throughout almost every season and throughout the whole series. And there is obviously it's called Clone Wars. There's a thread, particularly of Rex and of uh, a batch of clones introduced in the first season as rookies that goes throughout the whole series. And I mean, these are there are several characters, and obviously. Bradley Baker's doing the voice the whole time and it I mean it never until you stop and internalize and think about oh this is just one guy talking to himself all over the place it never feels that way it never feels like you're just hearing the same voice over and over and over again and he's not doing it I mean he's not like oh I'm clone A and I'm clone B like it's very but I'm clone C (laughs) but he he brings different like world weariness and different perspective just vocally i mean just there's the the rookies episode the deserter episode yeah i mean he just shows that it's a craft right like Mm -hmm. a lot of people look at voice acting and are like you're just using your voice and in certain instances that might be true right Mm -hmm. um that people have unique voices and they want them to be heard but yeah we see it, and we even saw it, I don't know if you're paying attention, in the Alan Tunic one, where he was mm-hmm. showing all the different characters that he had done, and um, there was this question oh, was that a voice actor a- asked of, how do you find your character? And he, and then I think Tom Kane, who's Yoda, was just mm-hmm. like, it's something that you just flip a switch for. It's not you find a word, and then you do that yeah, word in that character. He an app. <laughs> yeah, he's... He was like, I'm old. Here, here, no, I, here you can prove how think, old I am. An app. I think I think Alan Tudyk was more talking about how you develop the character, and then Tom Kane was kind of talking about how you access it. Yeah, that, that's a good way of put, putting it, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, I think voice actors are definitely underappreciated because so often in any big-budget movie... I mean, like, they look, complain all the time about this. Yeah, they do. But I mean, I, I you know, I don't blame them. Look at uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. I adore that movie. It's such a good movie. But it is, you know, when it comes time for Pixar to do a movie, they cast actors and they have them do vocal work, which is fine. I mean, a lot of times they do a great job. But, you know, for cartoons in the day to day, Saturday morning to Saturday morning, it's these guys or in video games, it's these guys who who, and, and ladies who do voice acting, who do different voices. And when you hear James Arnold Taylor skip from voice to voice to voice to voice, or you hear Dee Bradley Baker voice to voice, if you go go listen to or, any um, podcast, Steve Bloom. Yeah, any podcast that Joe DiMaggio or Billy West, who are Bender and uh, I don't know Fry, what's his name? I don't watch Futurama. Joe DiMaggio is um, um, Finn the dog he, in um, Adventure Time, too. He's he's Jake the dog. It's Finn the human. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're right. Billy West is the main character on Futurama. But just listen to a podcast with either one of them. And, I mean, let me tell you, if there's one talent I'm, I'm jealous of, it's the ability to do those voices like that. My gosh. What I went, like, there are certain impressions out there, and I hear them, and I'm just like... I would kill a doughboy for the ability to do that impression. You know? <laughs> You'd kill a doughboy for multiple reasons. 
but um, <laughs> family friendly. <laughs> wow, that's been that, that's trailer. a dated reference. I mean, at this point, they're either dead or we are. Oh God! <laughs> in our um, in our finale, now we got the trailer. <laughs> Quick, avert, avert. <laughs> trailer alert! Trailer alert! Um, yeah. Then we got the then we got the trailer. I I will say like uh, probably the front third of the trailer was recap, uh, which is fine. But it was kind of like, oh, here's Ahsoka, you know, leaving the Jedi Order, blah, 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 blah. and then we got a a bunch of new stuff, and I um. It seems based on the trailer, we get an arc with Ahsoka in thirteen thirteen working at a shop with two women, two sisters. We get that bad batch arc, and we get the Siege of Mandalore arc over the course of twelve episodes. Um, we see a chunk in the, the the one thing in the trailer that always sticks out to me is there's the sequence of her and her friends running around through the underground of Coruscant. And they shove past a hooded figure who turns around and it's clearly Bo-Katan. She's got her Mandalorian helmet on. It's Bo-Katan's helmet, but she's got a hood over her. So it looks like that arc ties into Siege of Mandalore, whether they're the same arc or not, like the same because Clone Wars traditionally operates in three to four episode arcs. So I guess I assume that 12 episodes is three, four episode arcs. Or maybe four, three-episode arcs, but it looked like three, four-episode arcs, probably. Well, it also but looks we like don't... we don't have standalone episodes, too. Yeah, I definitely don't think they'll be standalones. But it doesn't look like we're getting Cad Bane. No. Who, to me, I and I, I get that that's not a loose end to everybody, but I guess just because he was such an important part of getting me into the show, I think the First, one of the first episodes I watched of Clone Wars was a season one finale that introduces Cad Bane. To me, the loose ends in in Clone Wars are Rex, Ahsoka, Maul, and, and Cad Bane. We're getting him. But we're I, getting him in Mandalorian. Just you wait. Oh, are we? I think <laughs> we're getting him in Mandalorian. I again, Star Celebration Orlando. They had a kind of an untold stories thing. And there was an arc. There were plans for a Boba Fett Cad Bane arc. And Daniel Logan recorded the vocals. Vocals were recorded. The previs was done. They showed a previs reel. And it looked to me like the, the, the arc culminated. And I'll give you a vague spoiler warning for this, but it doesn't seem like it's canon because it hasn't happened. But maybe, gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if this was an arc that they were just totally keeping secret that showed up? But I don't know. But it. And the the culmination of that arc was Boba Fett in full armor and Cad Bane, Old West shootout, baby. High noon, going at it. Um, and we Interesting. Don't see how that, we, they didn't show how that shootout resolved, but they had to previs. They had the vocals recording. Daniel Logan was at Celebration. I'm pretty sure on that day was still at Celebration. They didn't have him on the panel. They never mentioned Cad Bane. They never mentioned Boba Fett. I am not looking a gift horse in the mouth here. I am so excited for these next 12 episodes. Siege of Mandalore is the number one Star Wars story I want to hear. I want to see. Like more, more than, I mean, more than anything else. If I had my choice between episode nine and Siege of Mandalore, and I was only going to get one more Star Wars story, I'm taking that Siege of Mandalore. And you never read the, At you me. never read the Ahsoka book, right? I did read the Ahsoka Oh, you did? Okay. And they touch on it a little bit there, but they don't. We don't get the full context. Yeah, but, I mean, we know what happens um, with Rex and Ahsoka and Maul. I mean, we know what happens to most of the characters. We we just don't know because they've been hinting that this is a major, major event. I mean, this is the last thing before Episode Three starts, right? Yes. Yeah. So this leads directly into Episode Three. Yeah. Um, so it's, it was exciting. The trailer was, yeah, the trailer was really cool. It was pretty profound. It looked like there was some pretty cool space battle stuff, some cool stuff with Ahsoka. We got some Mace Windu action. Saw some more of that Bad Batch arc. Saw Rex. We see a fully rendered version of Ahsoka seeing the that Legion in the decked out paint. Um, and then the big thing, you know, cut to dark. And then I couldn't, I don't know if you could, could you hear it was lines when we were there in the flash. No, no, I couldn't hear cheering. it. Yeah. And it's, it's, oh, what's that? The pitter patter of a uh, robot feet. And, uh, I was expecting Kenobi. What are you doing here? Cut to two seconds. 
if that, of more one point five seconds, and yeah, I think probably. he calls her Lady Tano too. I don't think I don't think he does. Okay, I think he might just say, "What are you doing here?" Because Lady Tano is one of those phrases when I first heard it that sent my imagination going wild. So I was definitely listening for that. Uh, it's two seconds of that, and then we get boom, Clone Wars in red. Oh Maybe. yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'll correct my correct me if I'm wrong. I think no, I think we did actually get it in red during the series as well when Maul showed up. But the only usually the Clone Wars logo at the beginning of the show is in yellow, yellow. Yeah. For uh, the droid arc that everybody loves so much, it was in blue. And then I do I do think for some Maul episodes it was also in red. But yeah, no release date. No release date. We know it's on Disney Plus, but we didn't get a release date. Uh, it seems like it is not going to be a launch title. No, no because no. I think they announced a lot of that stuff earlier on in the week. Because right now, so no word we know Mandalorian is November twelfth. We'll probably yeah. get Resistance before that, mm-hmm. and then we have Episode Nine. And I imagine they're not going to be releasing a lot of stuff around Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. That surprised me. So they'll probably like take a two week hiatus. So we'll probably get it sometime in 2020. We know that we're also not yeah. going to get um, the Diego Luna, Alan Tunic TV show until 2021. Alan Tunic uh, m- said that um, when right. he showed, he right. showed like this brief little clip, which wasn't even a clip. It was just like K2SO playing um, like stormtroopers, and he had like two dolls and he was talking to them. So. Hmm. Now, I think we talked about this last week where you had mentioned on the IMDb page that it said Pedro Pascal was confirmed for eight episodes of The Mandalorian. Yep. Correct? Yeah. Uh, but I don't I don't know if we have that confirmation on that from any sort of official source, but I'm looking at this now, and eight episodes, one a week, takes that show up to New Year's Eve. 12th November, 19th November, 26th November, Three and then three, ten, seventeen, twenty-four, thirty-one December. That makes the finale New Year's Eve of twenty nineteen. Yeah, but skip uh, skip like one or two for episode nine. Well, that's are they though? Because I would I would think like you were saying they would get it out of the way before episode nine. I can't help but wonder if we'll get on the twelfth if we'll get two episodes for the premiere. And then perhaps another two episodes for the finale on the 17th, which is the Tuesday before episode nine comes out on the 19th. I don't know. And that's the kind of the boring information and speculation we'll be doing for the next five months. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, no one else on the Internet is doing this. If there's one thing our Twitter followers and the people we follow on Twitter can attest to there's not like there's an abundance of Star Wars podcasts out there. It's not like you can go anywhere else to hear about Star Wars Celebration four weeks ago, you know? We are one of the few podcasts that is milking this dry. <laughs> um, We're keeping it real. Everyone else, there's so many podcasts, and God bless them. I'm not nagging you. Like, they are dedicated enough to the podcast that they were like, oh, no, we're doing an episode about every day of Celebration, and we're releasing it that night, on that yeah. day, up to date. Crazy. I'm looking at this like, are you kidding me? Pete and I got the opportunity. First off, we were together in the flesh, so we could record on one track because we're, look, our production is garbage. We could record, we're like, we're going to bank six to eight episodes in three to four days, and we're not going to have to do this again for like two months. It's great. After this episode, Maybe one more episode. We're gonna have like a, we're gonna have like the summer off. It's gonna be amazing. I don't care what comes up in the news. You guys are gonna be hearing us talk about this for a long time. It's great. We really we're not we don't have that kind of dedication. I mean, can you imagine Pete doing an episode every day of celebration, and then what will we even talked about on the next? Oh man. It sucks that celebrations over. I don't know. Well, a lot of these podcasts also have like a fan that does all the editing for them. Or which is insane. And also a lot of these podcasts have like a fan. No, we period. we have we have a fan. One's an actor, one's my mom. So Yes. We have yes, two, we, we have two fans. Um <laughs> and we God. have not asked Christopher Sean about his editing skills yet. 
Um, oh, we should have asked him. <laughs> Next celebration. Yeah. Next celebration. So, um, listeners, if you are, are a person that has any form of editing skills and I don't know or, that I trust you. And or is willing to just look up YouTube videos like we did to edit this stuff. Like, for instance, mm. I just found out what a noise gate was about 45 minutes oh, ago. Yeah, I got one of my guitar amp. Um, feel free to shoot us a message. Um, you know how to get to us. We probably won't get one. But other than that, if you would like to contact us, Poboys Podcast at Gmail. We have a Twitter account. Um, other than that, and do you have anything, Josh? Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole story's not over. We got posters. It's Ahsoka. Two lightsabers. We have in line for that. Pete did end up getting onto his 9 o'clock flight. By the time we were out of the panel, my flight had been officially delayed, I think, an hour and a half or so. It did end up ultimately being delayed, I think, two hours and 35 minutes. So I didn't end up leaving until 8.30, which turned into 10 because we got stuck on the tarmac. And then we were on the tarmac so long that the plane iced and we had to be de-iced. And then I had the most turbulent flight of my whole life. And I am a very brave boy. I edited I the podcast boy. during that so turbulence. I was not scared, but I did get very sick in my tummy. I didn't oh, really? throw up, but I was worried I would. And it was so bad that the following day when I was driving, I still felt motion sick. But yes, we did make it home. We did get to see the Clone Wars panel. We didn't get to see the Resistance panel still. And we are truly sorry for that, as we have previously said, but... That that provided the chaotic, but I would argue ultimately pretty rewarding cap on our four days in the Windy City. Hashtag Chicago just got a bit more swole. And then it got on swole because we left.